You know that moment in a novel where characters like gone through their stuff and all of a sudden they either get told something or something happens and you know that something's about to change. Like that part of a novel where the character sort of wakes up and you know from then on they're like on the up and up. I feel like that's where I am right now. Thriving by 30, a podcast for the notoriously overeducated and underemployed millennials trying to get their life together. Whether it's talking about the everyday grind, or relationships in the digital era, or maybe even being your own boss, tune in every week to just hear folks who are generally trying to figure out how to adult as 90s babies. Welcome to the pilot episode of Thriving by 30. Uh, I'm your host, Brian, and I am currently 486 days from my 30th birthday. Um, It's not a comforting number in this moment, (laughs) Um, which is sort of why we're here. Uh, Just so I can get this out of the way... Now, um, I don't have the money for a website domain yet, so the only place you're going to find me online other than where you find your podcasts would be Instagram. Um, You can find Thriving by 30 under the handle of Thriving by 30 Pod um, is is our handle. And so, you know, I went back and forth about whether or not I should interview anyone for my first episode. Uh, I have a friend who I saw back over Labor Day weekend. I'm going to get to that story in a minute. Um, I had a friend who sort of told me about his concept of, you know, my 20s were about messing up and figuring it out and getting dirty and messy and all of that sort of life experience work. Um, but then he said, you know, he said to me, but my thirties are going to be about thriving. Um, and that, that phrase, that phrase stuck with me that whole weekend. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to bring him on to interview him for the first episode. Uh, 
but that just like timing wise didn't really work out. And so I thought to myself, okay, well, why don't I be my first interview? So in general, the podcast is going to be broken into two halves. Um, The first half being realistic about where we are and what is going on in our lives and what needs attention. And the second half is going to be about sort of how we're going to get there, um, where we want the sort of goal marker to be for particular those particular things that need attention. Um, but I think what's important for today, uh, for our pilot episode, is me giving... I'm going to tell you my truth about how I got here. Um, you know, I think millennials in general are painted as... Well, they're painted rather poorly in the news um, and in print. Uh, there's this sort of constant refrain of debt, of um, moving back in with mom, of overeducated and underemployed, and they're not getting married, and they're not buying homes, and all this sort of other stuff. Um, and so, but all of that is very impersonal. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't tell you the experience of what that's like. Um, so I'm going to sh- share with you today how I got to where I am. Um, I'm going to give, I'm going to try and condense it sort of pretty briefly um, to how I got to where I am and what does thriving by 30 mean to me? Um, what does that look like? That sort of the goals and aspirations of what this phrase has sort of permeated. This phrase is sort of permeated as a refrain um, in my head. So I'm going to rewind the time machine here a little bit, and we're going to go down memory lane. Um, So like I said, I'm 28 years old, and... When I was 18, I decided I was going to get out of Springfield and get away from Philadelphia, and I wasn't going to be the kid, because in my area, everybody goes to either Penn State or they go to one of the schools in Philly, Um, and I was not about that life. I wanted out. I wanted far away. Um... And so I went to Syracuse University for undergrad. I went for an architecture degree, and I transitioned as a trans person in college. I came out as queer in college, um, and I made some really, really wonderful found family members, uh, some of whom will eventually be guests on this show. Um Anyway, I got to my last year of, of college and some things around uh, survivorship happened in terms of me doing some emotional labor for myself. 
And I figured out that I didn't want to be an architect in my fifth year of architecture school. Uh, and so I switched gears very quickly and I managed to get into graduate school with an assistantship. And so I worked at the Queer Resource Center for two years and got my master's for free. At the end of that two years, so I had spent a total of seven years in Syracuse. Um, all my people were in Syracuse. And I was determined not to move back home um, when my graduate school uh, graduation came around. And so turns out that about three days before Three days before I graduated, I got a phone call uh, from a school in Vermont, and they offered me a job as a hall director. And so I said yes, and I left Syracuse for Vermont. And when I tell you, so having grown up in just outside of Philadelphia, I have some context for like what being either near or in a city sort of looks and feels like. Well, Vermont has no cities. Um, the biggest town to Vermonters is a city. Um, and this isn't to knock Vermont, like, folks. Um, it's just a very different perspective on what being in or around a city feels like. Um, and I think for some folks, it did feel like they were in a city. Um, but certainly, like, as a Philly boy, like, it did not feel like a city. Um, sort of queer community was non-existent. And, you know, when white gay men don't congregate, of course, queer, trans-masculine bodies are like nowhere to be found so long story short my work life was awful <laughs> um by the end of the two years i was just totally emotionally and and physically burnt out um the emotional labor that is required of student affairs professionals in this country to deal with 18 and 19 year olds who are having their own transitional moments. Um, it's really difficult. Like those folks deserve some major, major kudos. Um, at the end of two years, I was just like, I was spent. I was totally and utterly spent. I, sort of off and on over two years was working like 60, 70 hours a week, particularly if I was on call. And because of the sort of rotating doors of supervisors that I had, like I was not being supported in ways that were useful or healthy. Um, and so at the end of two years in Vermont, I think, I guess the one thing I want to add is like, if you're, if you're working 60 to 80 hours a week, you better damn well love what you are doing. Like, because I think it, it, 
if it's something that you're passionate about and it's something that fills your soul and it just brings joy to you, like by all means, work those kind of hours. You do it. But when you're not so in love with your job and you're working that much, you have to find joy in other places, right? You have to find joy somewhere else if you can't find it in your job. Well, being in Vermont, I was seven, seven and a half hours away from family. So I couldn't really like have an in-person conversation with my mom. Like I had to call. It was always phone calls. My best friend lived in Denver. And really everyone else that I talked to is now spread across the country. Like there was no one flesh and blood in Vermont that I could talk to. Um, And so it was extremely lonely. And so this sort of isolation paired with the emotional labor of my job and the like just really depressed like a pretty serious depression that happened for me particularly in like my last couple of months at Vermont um all those things collided in Vermont and to the point where when my contract ended at Vermont I moved back home to my mom's house because I had nowhere else to go um I didn't have enough money saved to like rent my own apartment while I looked for a job um and so I moved back home uh to just outside of Philadelphia with my mom and in order to like get benefits and at least have some kind of money happening I quickly got a job at Chipotle. Um, So I was job searching last summer while working at Chipotle and like in general just like starting to heal. Um, And so I spent, sorry, that's Zelda, my dog running around. Um, And so I spent last summer just sort of like really the past year and a half. So it's October So I've been with Chipotle since July of 2017. Um, And so I spent the last sort of year and a couple of months putting myself back together. Um, I started painting again. Um, I stopped painting while I was in Vermont. Like, I think I painted for the first like two or three months while I was there. Um, And then I didn't pick up a brush for something like um let's see it was probably around 20 months that I went without picking up a brush um if that sort of tells you anything about my my mental state um so I moved back home last July and I started painting again and I was I'm painting basically every day at this point um and I got a job at Chipotle and I was like applying to jobs at first and then that sort of just like quickly like trailed off. Um, I wasn't hearing anything back and I was getting discouraged and to like truth be told like it was pretty nice to not have to think about I have to call the student's mom today because the student's suicidal 
and rather just go in, dice my 20 pounds of onions, and ask customers, do you want white or brown rice? Do you want mild, medium, or hot salsa? Right, there was a, a simplicity in, in moving from that, from the higher ed realm into this food service job. And, you know, out of respect for some of the folks at my last store, I'm not going to, like, really go into all that happened to get me to this point. Um, but I'll just name that, like, food service is not easy. Um, you know, it's particularly when you're consistently short-staffed or maybe you run into the problem of there's tension between you and your boss. But, like, if, like, you don't have a regular schedule, you don't really get to plan when your days off are going to be. You're making shit money. Um, customers are rude. The whole nine yards, right? Everything you've probably heard about food service. Um, so I guess I would say the the simplicity uh, wore off right around May of this year. It started to like lose its luster. And over the course of the summer, um, some different things happened at work where it just really dawned on me, like, no, it's, it's like time to get your shit together, Brian. Like, you've got to, like, start figuring this out. Um, and so the opening quote there that I, or the opening sort of voice memo that I opened with is... You know, on Labor Day, so it's currently October 5th, so about a month ago, Labor Day weekend, by happenstance, an old college friend of mine reached out and asked me to visit. Um, We, like, reconnected on Instagram or whatever, and they live in Brooklyn, and so we got together. um, And, you know, New York has this at least for me I don't know if other people feel this but every time I go to New York I I want to move there number one and I just like there's something about New York that feeds my soul that like wakens up something um anyway so I had this great weekend in in Brooklyn and this is you know where this conversation of thriving by 30 happened um and so I started like when I say I jumped into the deep end of a job search I jumped in hook line and sinker um you know I'm applying to all kinds of places at this point um so in this moment where I'm at a sort of snapshot of the beginning of this journey. Um, I'm 28 years old. I am 486 days from my 30th birthday. I currently live at home with my mom. I'm working at Chipotle. I've got too much debt uh, than is healthy, and so that needs some like serious work. 
I'm trying to get out of Chipotle as soon and as fast and hard as possible. Um, so I'm applying to like, I don't know, 10 jobs a week. Um, I think I'm averaging like eight to 10 job applications a week. I have two interviews later today, so wish me luck. Um, I like seriously need out of Chipotle. Um, I haven't sold an original painting for more than $200 ever. And over the past year, I was like seriously applying to different gallery shows and different exhibitions and blah, blah, blah. Out of 36 shows, I got into two of them, and I didn't win a prize in either of the two that I got into. So the past year has not been so kind to me. Um, I've started going on lots of dates. So in the Where We Want to Be, I have this issue. Um, I'll just put it out there now. I did write notes for myself for this podcast, but... They're just, like, general because I ad-lib way too much. Um, For the sort of where we want to go, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the two-part section of, like, that's where I am. Now, what does where I want to be look like? Um, Because truth be told, like, the where you want to be image, that that picture that you hold in your head, that's what's going to get you there. Right. That's what gives you, at least for me, like thinking about being financially independent from debt and financially independent enough to like move into an apartment, even if I have roommates. Um, you know, the image of finally selling a goddamn piece of art, right? Like selling an original, um, getting into a show in New York. Um, you know, all those different pieces, those those dreams, those aspirations, those goals, you know. Sorry, a truck's driving by. Um, those are the things that allow me to take a deep breath and walk into Chipotle and do my shift and leave and still have the motivation enough to go home and apply to jobs. Um, and write another cover letter and all of those things. Um, you know, those are the, that's where I want to go. That's, that's, that's the goalposts, right? There's sort of different ones down the road. Um, I'm a really visual person. So like, that's how I, I envision some of these. Um, you know, I'm, the first and foremost in my mind right now is about getting a new job, um, a better paycheck, better benefits, a regular schedule uh, where I know week to week what I'm doing in terms of work. And it's never like this guessing game of am I going to get my day off or am I not? When is it going to be this week? First and foremost is a job, a new job. Um I just can't do this food service shit anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's where I want to go, right? That's the first goalpost. Um, in terms of this podcast, I'm going to be bringing on a variety of people. Um, I know some really cool people doing some really cool things. Um, 
most of whom are not anywhere near me um, in terms of like location. Um, but, you know, I'm going to try and like one of the things in terms of thriving by 30, like I have to connect with people, right? I need, I need people in my generation either that I talk to or engage with or hang out with or get a beer with or whatever, right? Um, like relationships is something that is a piece of the puzzle, uh, in like a healthy life, um, so I'm sure I will share more about my history, about different things that have gotten me to where I am right now. Certainly there are more goals and aspirations um, in terms of my own picture of what thriving in my 30s looks like. Um, but I'm going to bring other folks on to to describe what they see and what they feel and where they are and where they want to be. Um, if you're interested in being one of those people, if you feel like you have something to say about, I don't know, um, about relationships in the digital era and like how do millennials date? Like, I feel like that's a really good conversation um, because my own experience right now with like, Tinder and um, I don't use Grinder because it kind of skews me out. But like Tinder or um, Scruff or whatever, like those sorts of digital relationship navigations, I find really interesting. Um, so if you want to talk about that, or maybe you want to talk about how I don't know you're getting your finances in order, or how you feel like. Um, your emotional self-love life is and where you want that to go. Or maybe you want to talk about like being a queer person or a POC in the era of Trump, right? Why everybody blames young people right now. Like you didn't go vote da -da 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 -da, um, for the god-awful president that we have, even though it's really like, middle-aged white women who voted for Trump who got him in office but that's another another episode um but if you want to talk about that we can talk about that we can talk about how millennials notoriously are more experience-based consumers right so we buy travel tickets instead of buying a new tv um come talk about that um you can always hit me up on instagram I'm on there pretty frequently throughout the day. Uh, I'm over at thriving by 30 pod. That's our handle. You can DM me there. Um, I don't have any kind of tip jar or PayPal or anything like that at this moment. Like I said, I can't even really afford to buy the domain yet. So we're really flying by the seat of our pants. Um, if you want to support in other ways, Instagram's your first, your first message sort of launch point um to get in touch with me to be involved or or anything like that i would really really appreciate if you took the time to rate and review the podcast wherever it is that you're listening that's what allows other folks to discover um thriving by 30 uh please share on 
your social media accounts. Uh, and I will see you all. Well, I won't see you. I will be chatting with you all, hopefully next week, with a guest. Um, I don't know who that's going to be yet, but stay tuned. Until then, keep thriving. <laughs>